Welcome to the Fustel Fit Podcast with your host, Nicola Fustel. Straight talking, body positive coach and personal trainer. Nicola brings you your weekly guide to finding real health and fitness and to live the life you deserve. So hi Liz, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you today? Very good, thank you, very good. So I'm really excited to speak to you because obviously we've known each other for a little while now through the health and fitness industry and uh, we both seem to be on the same journey now and path towards body positivity. So for people who are listening who don't know who you are, would you mind just sharing with us who you are and a little bit about your background? Yeah, of course. So I work for, I'm a fitness instructor, personal trainer and master trainer for Beachbody Live. So I take Group X classes um, and I take personal training clients, but I also run trainings through Beachbody. So I train instructors up to be able to teach Beachbody formats to their clients. Um, I'm also a wife and a mum of a nine-year-old little boy and a five-year-old little girl. So you must be very busy then. Yes, yeah, I work full-time um, during the day as well, so um, I do PR and marketing for a fitness clothing brand and a couple of other companies as well, so yeah, it's, it's busy, very busy. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So you've mentioned before some of the pressures that you felt in the industry, um, well, in the fitness industry, for looking mm-hmm. a certain way. Yeah, so I think for me... When I first started in fitness, which was many, many years ago, um, I think I did what a lot of people do. They just follow the trend and they copy people and they look to other fitness people that are more experienced to them um, and follow what they do. And that's exactly what I did. I never, I think I never found my own voice in fitness. I never gave myself an opportunity to think what fitness was really about to me. Um, and just for many, many years, just kind of copied what everyone else did. And that was very much along the the lines of get fit, eat less, look better, tone, um, get into a, you know, there's all these things that personal trainers do, trying to encourage clients and build their business, which was generally marketed in the way of, you need to change the way you look. And for many years, that's exactly what I did. I just encouraged people to change, to always change. And that the ultimate goal was to look like these fitness models that we see that are competing. And it was only probably after having my daughter that I think I started to look at what I was doing differently. Um, And when she got to probably about four, and I started to watch her and how much she mimicked me. And I realized how important the role I had in her life was going to be um, and then so over time I was thinking about that a lot but I still wasn't quite sure of what I was doing and then one day I watched her in the mirror and she was playing dress up and she was in the mirror and talking to herself and saying how beautiful she looked and said to me I am beautiful one I mummy and I was like yes of course you are and she was quite confident telling everyone how beautiful she was and it made me realize what age did I get to where I thought that it wasn't acceptable to say that? And I don't want her to ever, no matter what her body looks like when she gets older, to ever look in the mirror and not look at herself the way she's looking at herself now. Because the only thing that's going to change her looking at herself like that is her surroundings and what she is 
what she views and what she sees in the world is going to make her feel like that's not acceptable. And I don't want her to. I want her to grow up thinking she is beautiful. And I realise that what I've been doing to all my clients over the years is telling them that the way they look isn't good enough and they need to look like someone else. And it kind of set me on the journey to realise that actually we're all perfectly fine the way we are. Life is challenging enough and we should learn to be happy and comfortable in the skin we're in. Um, and that really set me on a completely different journey to what I had been on and how I look at my own body, my own life, um, and all the years that I've been telling myself that I needed to change, to tone up more, to get fitter, to do more, and actually just feel more comfortable in the skin that I'm in. And I think a really big um, turning point for me particularly was one day I'd spent the day running ragged, working, looking after the children, doing loads and loads of important things that a working mum does, um, spending time with my children, completing everything perfectly acceptably and then that day I'd eat it in a Mars bar and I remember going to bed that night and all I could think about of that day was that I'd eaten a Mars bar and I cried and I kicked myself and why did I do that why have I ruined today when really I'd had an amazing day and I'd achieved loads and I'd been a good mum and I'd done well in my job and I'd let one little thing ruin my day and it was that that made me think, do you know what? Life is too short to spend so many hours worrying about things. And I need to just be happy and grateful for what I am and what I have in my life. It's so true. And I, I really think like that word you just said there, being grateful, that yeah. really helps just to appreciate really where you are right now instead of trying to change everything. Because that way you're never, ever going to be happy because there's always the next level. And especially exactly. in the fitness industry, you're always having to push more, be better, do more. Yeah, and I kind of saw my body as my marketing tools. And then I laid out the other day, my husband actually made me do it, lay out all of the certificates I've ever earned within fitness, all of the qualifications that I've earned, and we laid them all across the front room floor. And he said, look at all of those, all the hours upon hours upon hours and thousands of pounds you've spent earning those certificates. What size you are will never, ever take away the knowledge and the expertise you have that education and the learning and the time you put into your education is what makes you a good fitness instructor and a good personal trainer mm. not what size you are what inches you have what you what the scale tells you my brain will never change my knowledge will never change depending on my size yeah and i think that that's so important that instructors personal trainers fitness instructors coaches whatever it may be realize that clients come to us because of our knowledge and how we make them feel not just about how we look. Um, I'm not an advocate for people. It doesn't stop me wanting people to get fit and to eat healthy. Um, and it's not about saying to people, stop working out, eat whatever you want, be unhealthy, not at all. But for my clients now, the goals we set, and some clients don't like it and they don't want to use me, and that's fine. But my clients, I say to them, I work with your body and what your body can do. So what is it that your body's not achieving, not looks-wise, not weight-wise? What is it your body's not achieving that you want it to achieve? Um, and I've got clients, some of them, that want to be able to run around the garden with their children more without getting out of breath, being able to walk up and down the stairs, be able to go on a long bike ride with the children. And that's what I focus on with my clients now, because they're more realistic goals. If they then have a week off or a month off due to illness and 
whatever it may be, life stops them training, it doesn't then make them so depressed because they put weight on and inches on during that time when they had no choice but to stop because we can still work on the fitness and it's not something that could be measured on the scale. So for me, my clients now, we work on goals that it's all about the body and what the body can do, not what the body looks like. So I think that's an important thing that's been forgotten, especially for myself with clients. It's always been so much on body fats and weight and inches defining my clients and their achievements. I think um, a lot of it is our own personalities, isn't it? So when yeah, we're stuck in it ourselves and we're attracting those type of clients to us. So like myself, when I was very disordered and I was focused almost like obsessively on my own body, people would be attracted to that, not knowing that it was an obsession and thinking it was passion mm. and dedication and willpower and hard work. And then they were asking me, how can I achieve that as well? Yeah, and I think for me, when I got to my competition size, um, probably two years ago, the grief, the hassle, the strain that it put on me and my family, people couldn't see that in the pictures. They see you in the pictures looking a particular way, faking your smile, you know, showing these pictures off in your adverts, um, for me personally, using them in my advertising on social media, um, saying get ready for summer, get beach body fit. But it didn't, I didn't have a life in any shape or form to look like that. So tell us a bit about that. Were you, I think you said to me before that maybe you were going to compete, is that right? So I was going out to America, um, to LA, to do some stuff out there, and I had put a lot of pressure on myself to look a certain way to be able to be out there um, training in America alongside other very high-up fitness professionals. Um, so I basically destroyed my body to look, to be a size, I got down to American size zero to go out there. And I trained three times a day. I lived completely raw on food. Um, and I had no time for my husband, my children, my family, friends, life. I was miserable. Absolutely miserable. But so why do you think why do you think you did that? Was it because you thought they were gonna judge you? Yes, completely. I felt like I would walk into the room and people would think I looked a certain way, so I'd be accepted. And the Fact of the matter was, when I got there, it was very unrealistic of me because not everyone looked like that. Um, I was actually weaker in my training. I was more emotionally unstable because I wasn't eating properly or sleeping properly. I was overtrained. I probably didn't learn as much as I could in the experience that I had out there because I honestly believe that if you're not eating correctly, you don't. Your brain doesn't function as well as it could Absolutely. and should. Yeah. Um, so all I actually did was end up being able to tell people that I can fit into a size zero. Nothing more was achieved from it. And since then, I'm now a very comfortable size 10 um, and fitter and stronger than I've ever been. And the big thing for me was this summer, normally every year over the past years, I've, I don't know why I've done it, but I always have. I bought my summer clothes for holiday in a size smaller than what I am. So I would call myself from the gym to get into those clothes for holiday. But this year I bought my size my clothes a size bigger. So when I go on holiday I just feel comfortable in them and I can eat what I want. How did that make you feel the first time that you bought clothes that were bigger? I found it quite an emotional thing to do. I found it really hard. Even though I'm going on this journey 
and it's obtained. I still do have days where I wish I could fit into my jean shorts from two years ago, and I'll try and put them on, and I'll get upset that I can't. And it's still, I still have a long, long way to go, and it's a continuous journey. Um, but I've found it hard at times, and other times I've found it really refreshing because of the time I do get to spend with my family and my relationship with my husband has improved. And to me, that's been the part of the journey that's been worth it. Just the time, the more time I've had with my children, they see me as happier. And I am happier as a person. And I look at my daughter and I don't want her to go through that. I don't want her to starve herself for holiday mm. and to not live her life and to not be happy because she's always constantly worried about what she looks like and what size label her clothes say and I don't want that label in her clothes to define her happiness every day definitely and I think I mean you've mentioned your husband a few times he sounds like a very supportive husband I mean making you get out your certificates and everything sounds like a good thing to do to help you um how yeah. how has your relationship been with your husband and your family while you were going through all of that trip to America and trying to get into your size zero he was very supportive in the way that he wanted me to follow my dreams and he supported me on whatever journey I went along. But he was constantly worried about me, constantly saying to me, you've not eaten enough, you're losing too much weight, you don't look well. As my parents did, my nan was the worst. Every time I walked into her house, she was trying to force feed me biscuits and cake. And So how did you feel about that? Because I've had the same thing. I'm just smiling away because your husband sounds a bit like mine because <laughs> he just supports me through whatever I do. Whatever you decide um, to do, yeah. But I, I remember when my family members and like people externally started telling me things like you don't look well or you're not eating enough. And I just thought, well, you don't know because you're not in the fitness world. <laughs> you know, the, the sickest thing about my journey was that when people used to say to me, you look too skinny, I liked it. I'd say to them, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. But inside I'd be like, yes, mm. I must be looking really small. And that to me is the was such is now looking back such a worrying way to behave yeah someone's telling you you look ill and you don't look especially when it's i mean generally people that i don't know have opinions on how i look because of the job i do and that's very hard but my parents they only are telling me out of love there's no other reasons for it so when they started telling me that i looked ill and i thought that was a good thing was a really worrying, dangerous sign that yeah. I didn't pick up on. And that's the thing, when you're doing it at the time though, you, you, your body and mind are all as one, aren't they? You can't really take a step outside of yourself and no. agree with them or even look at all the damage that you're doing to your body. No, completely. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't enjoy any experience outside of the gym while I was going through this because all day when I wasn't in the gym, I was thinking about my next workout and food and I was hungry and trying to train myself not to eat this. Not You can't have it, you can't have it, stop eating it. Cooking the children's dinner killed me every night because I was starving hungry. Um, I stopped just being a happy person. Generally, I was I had a shorter fuse um, with the children. I didn't have the energy to play with them like I used to. I wasn't as free mentally to just be a mum. And yeah. it did completely take over my happiness doing what I did. But I was so focused that at the time, if you had asked me, I would have said I was the best mum in the world because I'm showing them how healthy and fit you have to be in life. Because mm. I couldn't see it any other way. That's the thing. So you're saying, obviously, you've changed now and, and you're on a different path. And just seeing your daughter was one of the 
uh, things that helped to change you. But how did you actually change? Was was it was it just seeing your daughter that was the penny drop, or did something else happen, or a number of things came together? I think, um, to be honest, it was probably starting to there was a realization happening within me anyway, um, because of I'd had arguments. Me and my husband had argued over it. He was sick of would go out for dinner, and I would literally order a salad, and I wouldn't drink. And when we met. We were young, we used to go out and drink and go for meals and I'd eat anything and do anything and we'd be happy as, you know, we'd just be young, carefree. And he obviously then ended up with a wife that had got so um, disciplined with her food that I would turn them down going out with friends. Um, if they wanted to go out for dinner, I'd be like, no, you go out for dinner, I've got to work out anyway, I'll make it up with you afterwards. So he was miserable and lonely. And I could see that in him. And I think he one day said to me how unhappy he was and how I needed to just chill out and stop behaving like this. But I still couldn't see it, but deep down I could. And I think it was just slowly little things were happening. And I also got to a point where I think I just thought, I can't do this anymore. It's not realistic. This is not a lie. I was exhausted, totally and utterly exhausted. And then, um, a year ago, I had a very bad experience with a fitness company that I was working with where I wasn't treated particularly well. Um, and I had a bit of a downtime and I just thought, why am I doing all this? What is what's the actual goal? What am I here to achieve? Because I'm not happy. I'm not being treated right in the industry. I'm not being as successful as I want to be um, because I'm spending too much time focusing on things that aren't important. And my daughter... Um, Got diagnosed with um, autism and I started going to Great Ormond Street with her regularly for food therapy with her um, because she has SPD which is sensory processing disorder which makes food um, smells of food very hard for her to handle and it was why she was having counseling they was actually counseling me and my husband to be able to deal with her and it kind of helped me realize a lot and look at a lot of the things that I was doing and the, the, the habits that I was starting to, at some age, she was going to pick up on. Hmm. Do you think somewhere along your childhood, maybe your parents or any outside influence pushed you down this line? No, 100%. I think mine came from joining the fitness industry. Up until the day I got into fitness, I don't think I'd ever even thought about what my body looked like. I was actually a very carefree young girl probably wasn't as healthy as I could have been um drinking a lot going out and having fun but I never really had any body issues I think becoming a mum um I became a mum at 23 and I think that put a lot of pressure on me I put the pressure on myself to stay in shape and to get back into shape um Again, that's a lot of that's outside outside influence, though, isn't it? Even if you're not in the fitness industry, there's so much marketing out there of getting back in your jeans after you've had a baby and just getting um, your baby yeah. belly away. Yeah, and I think it's all those kind of what I cast now as the dangerous hashtags that are out there. Yeah, and, so, and I did it, and I put my hands up, and I apologise now for ever doing it, but I did label so many people and put these hashtags out there, as in get into your little black dress, put your bikini on. You know, hashtag little black dress challenge, hashtag lose the mummy tummy, lose the pouch. Um, all these little black jeans challenges, everything that was out there. 
was constantly telling me to look a certain way, to do this, to behave a certain way when it comes to how you dress and how you look. And and I saw a lot of people, um, mums locally, um, putting that pressure on themselves as well when it became a bit of a thing to do. And I remember when I had my daughter, so my second child, walking to the school and being looked at my stomach over my baby the first time people had seen me since I had her. And I just felt there and then, my God, people are more interested in how quickly I've got back in shape than they are in, in seeing my baby. Was Were you a fitness professional at the time? Yeah. And I think there was a lot of pressure on you in the fitness industry to look to look a certain way. Like I said, you're kind of, you class yourself as your own marketing tools. Mm. When our body is not our marketing tool at all, it's our brains and the knowledge that we have inside us and how we, our personality and how we can care and look after our clients. Mm. And for me now, a big thing that I do with my, all of my clients is try and get them to feel more comfortable with how they are at the moment. Um, so obviously some of them have got high blood pressure, some of them have really bad eating uh, problems where they're, they are eating terrible, terrible amounts of junk food and they know that it's actually affecting their health. And that's fine. Diet-wise, when I say diet, I don't mean dieting. I mean the diet, the food that we eat every day. Mm -hmm. They know that they need to eat more vegetables and drink more water and eat cleaner meats and not as much processed foods. Um, but there's nothing wrong with doing it in moderation and just being more balanced and yeah. not just having the, the treat days every day. But that's another thing, even saying treat days, I find that even when I say things myself, I'm still not 100% sure in this journey what's right and what's wrong because I think the cheat meals and things like that, even they are quite damaging to people. Because yeah, I think well, if you've had so many years talking one way and behaving one way, you, you can't expect it to happen overnight. No. And sometimes the words just come out and then you hear yourself saying it and then you think, well, hang on a minute. How, you know, if I'm putting all these food rules, if there's good food and there's bad food, then it's an another form of restriction and feeling bad yeah. if you eat something. I think that the way I'm trying to view it now is I want to grow old in a healthy way that I'm still able to be mobile, can still get around. When I get very old, I want to be as, li as little pressure on my children when I'm older as possible by taking as much care of my body in the meantime so I live a very full and active old age. And that's kind of, I want my body, I look after my car, because I need my car to last. You know, I look after that car and I keep it, because I can't, one, I can't afford another one. Um, <laughs> but with my body, I want it to last me. I don't want my body to give up before my mind does. And for me, that's what fitness is about for me now. It's making sure that my great aunt, who's down with me at the moment, she's 82. And she's lived a very healthy, active life. And when I say that, She's eaten, she's drank, she's enjoyed life, she's never restricted herself, but she moves daily, she does exercise daily to her level and to her what she wants to do, not with anyone else telling her what to do. She meditates, she eats a lot of fruit and vegetable, and she walks along Brighton Seafront every day. She's 82, and last night she came to one of my classes with me. And wow. then, <laughs> she's amazing. But then I look at my nan that's two years older than her that has never been very mobile, um, never wanted to be, and she's eaten very um, fatty foods and uh, 
very processed foods and she has a lot of health issues and is very immobile now and has a very restricted life. Um, so for me, it's just about trying to stay as healthy as I can for as long as I can, not for how I look. And that's kind of how I'm trying to do my fitness journey. And do you agree though, because health is a lot more than just your fitness and the food that you put into your mouth. Yeah. And as you were saying there about spending time with family and social occasions and being more than just the fitness person. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it becomes it's your all round health, isn't it? Mentally and physically. Yeah, for me, it's I love working out because I like to be able to work out and have my little bit of time. I have a busy, hectic life. And when I have half an hour to do a little workout on my own, I feel good for it. I feel refreshed. That's my my therapy. And some is golf, some is tennis, some is going on a bike ride. I like to do a little workout and I love that. But I don't have to work out and if I don't work out it's not an issue. If I want to lay on the sofa tonight and not work out, I will do that if I feel like that's what I want to do. Whereas a year ago that would never happen, ever. So how do you feel about your body now? Um, <clears throat> I would love to say that I'm 100% okay with it. But that's, that's not the truth. I am learning to appreciate the body that I've got and what it can do, what it does. Um, and the actual body image of it, I'm learning to love. And it's changing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an ongoing process and it's not going to happen overnight. But I think I look at this as anyone that's ever had any mental health issues, we don't get resolved instantly, and I guess the way I have behaved and how I treated my body has been a, a very long, ongoing mental health issue. Not, I haven't been healthy to my mind or my body. Yeah. So now it's going to take me a while to get back. And I know in my head that I'm right where I am. I know that, and I know that there's nothing wrong with me at all. And I'm very grateful for having a body that's functional and works and lets me do all the workouts that I do for my job. Um, but actually, looks-wise, it will take a little while to get used to not having any excess skin on my tummy and not having wobbly bits around the tops of my legs and my legs not having a gap anymore at the tops of my thighs. That'll take a while. But I'm all right with that. And the thing is, not everybody will love their body. So you don't, that's not always the end result, I think. Just being on the journey and coming out of body hate and body dysmorphia to a place of neutral is sometimes quite good. Just appreciating that we are just a body. Like you mentioned in the car, this is the way that I see it. Like I am just a vehicle that takes me through my life. Yes, yeah. And I, I get so upset now, I think, when I see and speak to, it's generally his mums, I found, but that's probably because, because I'm a mum, and mums, I have a lot of mums in my life that I'm friends with. So it could be a more general thing, but from my experience at the moment, I get so sad when I speak to some amazing, amazing women and mums that have challenging lives, and they're trying to keep it together and raise children and keep those children safe and educated and loving their husbands and keep homes and all the worries that go on in the world and they are kicking themselves and spending hours upon hours a day worrying about what they look like when they should be proud of what they're achieving on a daily basis of being a mum 
And if they had those extra hours to stop worrying, what more, what more they could achieve and how much happier they could be. And for me, that's something that really needs to change. But a lot of that is the marketing that's put on them. And I think a lot of it is the marketing via social media. Mm -hmm. Because when I speak to mums, very few mums watch adverts now or buy magazines because of social media. They get the news on their phones. Um, they, they don't watch adverts because everything's been taped on planner. So they fast forward through the adverts. And all of them that I ever speak to, it's the adverts, the things they see on Facebook and Instagram that depresses them. And I actually have cleared my Instagram and Facebook out of things that upset me and depress me. Yeah, I've had to do that work as well. Yeah. <laughs> it takes yeah. a while, but it's really interesting now because I was just scrolling through the other day and I've got body positive, body positive, body positive. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I've really changed. <laughs> but it's so refreshing to see this. There is actually a whole community out there of body positive people. And if you just ditch all of the people that make you feel rubbish about yourself, and start following all of these good people that have good influence on your life, then it just, it really does change you in the way that you feel in every day. Cause you can't um, like not see it. It's just there every day. Completely. And I think all of these, I mean, I joined Instagram and I followed fitness people because I was hoping to learn from them. Um, and what I actually realized was in the past three years, all of these people that post these beautiful body workouts, I've never read one comment they've made and never learned any information from them because I focus too much on what their bodies look like mm. and that's frustrating to me that I let myself fall into that trap and this is something that I'm trying to focus on now with people and to say to people is that when you post something on Facebook as a fitness professional have a message don't just post it to be looked at have a message because videos I found are the most damaging to the people that I've spoken to that will look at a video of a gorgeous girl working out in her hot pants and her sports bra and saying, I'm a mum, I work out and my life's in a beautiful sunshine and the house is spotless and she's doing this workout and looks amazing. Mm. And there's no blog linked to it or anything linked to it. And so many mums I've spoken to said to me, they just annoy me. They just make me think, well, you obviously have childcare, you obviously have a cleaner, you obviously have a personal trainer, and I can't do that. And I don't have that. And I have to clean and wash, and I don't have time for this. And I don't. And they said it just makes them feel really negative after they've watched it, when the video purpose was probably to inspire someone to do a little workout, but it had the complete adverse effect. So I think that's quite an interesting thing that myself in the fitness industry, all these things we thought were positive and helping people, have actually been harming so many women. Yeah, definitely. And making them feel inadequate mums, inadequate housewives, inadequate wives, inadequate women. Um, just it's the whole um, look at this person, they're inspiring, no excuses, hashtag no excuses. I can't stand that because there's an excuse every day, but and they're valid and it's not an excuse, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've had it before when I say no excuses, no excuses. Oh, my daughter's too ill. That's not an excuse. She's too ill for me to leave her and she wants her mummy with her. So I'm not leaving her. I'm not going to the gym to work out when my daughter's ill, even if I had childcare and my washing machine broke or something else happened. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to always not miss a workout, not go for any exercise at all. You can because life does happen and life does get in the way and we don't all have nannies, cooks and personal trainers. 
or childcare on tap. And if I have childcare, it's when I work, not so I can go and work out. The only time I will use childcare is if I'm working. Apart from that, my children are with me now. And if it means I work out and it means I'm playing a game in the garden to work out, then that's what it is. So talk to me a little about the body image movement. So for me, it was something that I'd read about, um, which was one of the positives that have come out of social media for me, actually, talking about the negative side of social media. Um, this just something I started reading about and watching and started to have a really big impact when I was listening to it. The videos, watching the videos were just, it was like someone was taking my feelings and telling, saying, I actually feel tearful now. It was like someone taking my feelings and saying them back to me and saying them out loud when I've never been brave enough to say them myself. And I've had people, even when I was my slimmest, say horrible comments about me online and even when I've put on weight people have said comments to me and felt they had the right to discuss my body um, and I think watching these videos just made me realise that actually all the stuff I've been doing in fitness I've been proud of some of the stuff that I've done because I've helped people start careers and I love the, the master training side of it starting their careers and a lot of it is people that have set up their own businesses and it's given them a bit more financial freedom for their families and that is to me is something I'm so proud of but have I with my clients really made a huge impact on their lives and have I really helped them long term and I think watching that I thought that all the body image movement side of things watching the videos and reading everything about it made me think this is more important making people actually learn to love the lives they have and what they have and be grateful for the lives their children their just whatever they have in their life be grateful for that and stop spending hours self-loathing ourselves and be able to look in the mirror and smile in the morning is more important and has better value for money than anything i've done before absolutely and you've now become a body image movement global ambassador haven't you yes i have so i'm very proud of that and i personally think that's one of the proudest things that I've ever done um, because it's not just for my daughter. If I can help even one other lady in my time on this earth spread this message as well, which results in helping one other lady, that then their children grow up with a very positive attitude to themselves, um, then I feel like I've achieved a lot more than I would have if I hadn't joined this movement. And I also think that children nowadays are under so much pressure and i think unfortunately the lifestyles that we as parents leave lead doesn't help them doesn't how can i put this we don't when we're worrying about our body and how we look all the time and possibly letting them overhear things when we're unhappy with our body doesn't help them in the future either mm. so for me it's about letting my children and hopefully working with other children grow up so they don't ever have to worry about they understand what healthy eating and a healthy lifestyle is and they don't confuse that with it being all about the way they look because everywhere we look nowadays it's all about the way you look not about what's inside not about what you achieve not about your brain and not about your soul and how kind we are and nice we are to other people 
And that to me is what it's about, is helping children grow up happy and stable and comfortable in the way they are and hopefully prevent a lot of the issues that are going on with health and bodies at the moment because I think they talk about obesity all the time and the problems of obesity and I think I personally think from the research that I've read a huge amount of the problems have been caused by people trying to diet constantly all their life absolutely yeah because everyone I know that's been on a very strict diet um, that's done silly diets and that are unrealistic, too expensive, dangerous, um, low calorie intakes, hugely low calorie intakes, have lost loads of weight, but be it within six months or five years, have ended up bigger than what they started. So for me, it's kind of ditching the crazy, unhealthy diets and just learning to enjoy food and not being scared to put food in our mouths again, but making sure the food we eat is just nice food. Yeah, definitely. But have you, you're saying that about the obesity and diets and everything. I'm just wondering if you've read Linda Bacon's Health at Every Size. Um, I put, was that the, I know you sent me a link of a lady that did some research recently and she put it all into really easy to understand graphs about the different age groups and boys and girls if they diet and how the effects it has on them. That It may have been the same lady but she's got a whole book and all of the research about obesity and weight loss, it's amazing. I really recommend that you read it or anybody listening. And what was that called? Health at Every Size. Yeah. So if you see the hashtag H-A-E-S, that's what it's referring to. Lovely. And I think that is just the name of that says it all to me. Because you can be lots of different shapes and sizes and be very healthy. And I think I proved that when I was my lowest weight and was the most unhealthy I'd ever been. And people see that size as an ultimate goal in health and fitness when actually I was the most unhealthy I'd ever been. Exactly, me too. And that's why I think it's so important to stand in the flames in the fitness industry and show people that the mess, like the image that we portrayed, even ourselves, and the mm -hmm. image that we look at other people, we don't know that behind the scenes they're actually really unhealthy and they're suffering. And exactly. that's just a picture. It may even be airbrushed. Exactly. And airbrushing, I mean, for me, I think, I, I don't know if you ever look at the mail online, but I've been looking at that a lot recently and I've been quite shocked. If you look at the, if you ever look at the, the mail online, all it is at the moment, and it is holiday season, but there's every celebrity known to man, um, pictures of them in their bikinis. And when did we become a nation that the only news we was interested in is young girls in their bikinis and talking about what their bodies look like in the bikinis? Um, be it slim, be it bigger ladies, whatever it may be, one way or another, they're taking pictures of people constantly and they're taking very unflattering angles and I know exactly why they're taking the pictures at those angles. They're trying to make these young girls look bad. Um, and the only way a lot of the celebrities, be it the, the smaller time celebrities, more of the reality celebrities, seem to be able to make money is by being told to, and I know one particular girl that's been put in this position, told to put on a huge amount of weight parade her body around looking unhealthy so she can then drastically lose weight and then sell a fitness video. Um, and all of the pictures of her body at the end were airbrushed. None of it was done through fitness. It was all basically done through starvation. And none of it was done by the workouts that she puts in her videos. And that to me is she has a couple of hundred thousand followers that watched her so-called journey 
to being fit and healthy and happy. And what actually ended up in is she's got a severe eating disorder now and is suffering from depression. And I'm not I think, surprised. Yeah, and it's just the... Uh, and another one that I was watching the other day was a girl from Towie, and she said this on TV, not Towie, from um, Geordie Shaw. She said on a TV programme how if it wasn't for her Instagram picture, she would have never got a boyfriend because she tweaks them and face tunes them and changes her body and edits her body so much in them that that's what's made her famous and it's not what she actually looks like. And I thought, isn't it a shame that she feels she has to change herself so much but actually her personality and she has a lot to offer on her own without doing that. Yeah. And how do you feel, you know, we spoke about the fitness industry and body shaming and everything. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, I, I certainly feel like there's like a target for people trying to sell weight loss shakes and, um, you know, fruit peels and things like that. Just to... yeah. Yes, I get lots of um, different things. And I've got friends that do work in these different industries. So I'm not going to, you know, name them too much because I know they're, they're, they're running their business. And at this time, on their journey, they believe in these products. But... I do personally believe that it comes down to you as a person, if you want to be healthier and fitter and be stronger as a person, mentally and with your body, you can do it without products. You can do it yourself, but it's probably best to start speaking to someone first and trying to understand why you're so, if you're unhappy, why you're unhappy with the way you look first. Mm-hmm. and trying to get that side of the journey worked on before you start the next part of the journey. So if you could give your old self or somebody new getting into the industry, because obviously as a master trainer you must meet a lot of fresh faces, yes. what sort of advice would you give them so they didn't follow down the same tracks that you've done? The fitness, from definitely the fitness side of things, when I meet people at trainings, if they ever, I mean, I, I coach them and mentor them afterwards. So I'm in a lovely position to be able to work with these people. And some of them do look up to me, which is, is very flattering and lovely. And I just say to them, just make sure the people that come to your class, you look after on a deeper level than just their fitness levels. One, if you want to be successful, get to know your clients understand them as people don't bully them if they can't come to your classes don't harass them if they can't come for a while if they just don't feel ready don't push your beliefs onto your clients listen to their needs listen to their lifestyles listening to the pressures that they have and try and work with them to become happy customers of yours rather than skinny customers of yours and i think to me that's the most important thing i would have gone back and told myself because all the customers that I've worked with through PT that have lost lots of weight previously didn't stay with me because they never actually was happy. And if I'd worked with them on becoming happier, then they probably still would be with me now. Well, that's definitely well said. And you've had, it's been an amazing interview actually. And I've, I haven't had a chance to speak to you personally all this time. And it's been really nice to find out a bit about your journey and where you how you got to where you are today i think you should be proud of yourself really and that you've managed that you've done all this by yourself and you are a mum of two and you are busy and always coaching and helping other people you should be really proud of yourself well it is down to yourself as well because you have 
inspired me a lot with the journey that you're going through and knowing another fitness instructor that has gone through things like I've been going through and to be able to speak to someone that's feeling like that. And I'm sure there's hundreds and hundreds of more of us out there that have, are going through this stage in our life that just can't keep up with it anymore, that just need a change, but they might not know what it is yet. But I just hope mm -hmm. that they see the body move, um, image movement and just listen to it for a bit and see what they think of it on their own and see what comes from it. Because it was watching stuff that you put on social media and that's what you said, taking the negative social media out and focusing on the positive has really helped me change my journey. I no longer want to be somebody else. <laughs> and I think that's what I've been trying to do for so many years, was trying to be someone else. So do you feel like you finally found your voice now? I definitely am on my way. I have off days and I have bad days, but yes, I am a very content, happy mum, wife and fitness professional and I'm enjoying my life and I'm going on holiday on a hen weekend tonight and I'm going to eat and drink and not worry. <laughs> so I caught time. you at a good time then. Yeah, so you caught me at a good time. So whereas I wouldn't have gone last year, I wouldn't have put myself in a situation where I had to eat and drink like that. Yeah. So I'm Well you've got to live your life. Exactly. Well I hope you have a fantastic time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been wonderful no worries. to speak to you. But if anybody wants to hear any more from you or they follow you on social media, can you just leave some? Yeah, cool. Yeah, so my um, page on Facebook is TFD Training, which is for Teddy, Francesca, Douse, my two children training. Um, and it's Team TFD on Instagram. And you can contact me on any of those. And I will be happy to speak with anyone and answer any questions. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I really hope, well, I know your story is going to inspire people. Thank you. So thank, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to have a voice. It's lovely. No worries. Have a lovely holiday and um, let's catch up when you get back. Okay, take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave Nicola a review on iTunes. You can also check out the show notes and get other free content on her website, fustalfit.co.uk. If you'd like to contact Nicola, email nicola at fustalfit.co.uk.